Look oh, at all the colors. Just, it should be because there's so much that goes on. There's so much like hashtag kaleidoscope. Hashtag kaleidoscope. Yes. Welcome to Unprovoked Tangents, the podcast. Where our topics have a focus, but, but our, our tangents, tangents don't. don't. Tune in weekly as we discuss life, love, fashion, politics, and so much more. We're back. We're back virtually sitting in different parts of New York. Oh, snap, quarantine. Welcome oh, back. Oh, my God. How's quarantine and- going? Quarantine is okay. You know, I'm healthy. I'm alive. You know, sometimes I look outside my window and imagine that I'm outside. You know, it's a good thought. What about you? What's happening on your side? I sometimes I'm outside in my brain, but I'm inside with my body. So, you know, Mm. I've been going on a lot of adventures, imaginary adventures in my head. It's crazy. I can't. I'm an extrovert. And this is like... It's not drug-induced either. So kudos to you. (laughs) Good point. So this is episode three. Can you believe it? I can't. Tres. Tres for our Espanol listeners. Episode tres. Three. Super excited. We're moving super fast. And what is it? In French, is it toi? Toi? On de toi. Toi. Yes. Look at us. We are trilingual. Speaking of tri, there's no better topic to talk about than sex. And it could be done with two people or with three. And there's three letters in it. <gasps> Whoa! Crazy. No, so I think it's a good topic. I think we should have this. We, you know, we've all been locked up. There are definitely people who are <laughs> not prison locked up, but just locked up right. in our homes. Locked in yeah. our homes. So the the national pastime, since there's no sports anymore, has been either sex, I'm sure, or masturbation. Um, so yeah, uh, which is a great workout. And on top of that, it's a great way to build your bond with your loved one or mm-hmm. with yourself. Let's, you know, hey, I exactly. Mean, what better, what better word? It's this 2020 is building a bond with yourself. Yes, exactly. And or, now that the sports are out, you know, it's America's pastime should yep. be sex and masturbation. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe when we get back into the real world, it, it is so, everybody has explored themselves and their partner's bodies so well that it becomes a national sport. And we just watched that on, oh, we do watch it. ESPN, yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be on ESPN by that time. Oh my God, Pornhub on ESPN with (laughs) with commentators. With commentators, oh my God, the world that we will live in twenty in twenty thirty is exciting. Did you see the way uh, that uh, Jane kind of entered him that way? Oh, it was amazing. Oh, I can't believe. Did you just throw in an interference because David came through? You know, like imagine, imagine. Oh, Oh and he handed off to John. Imagine during your special time, you have a, a live commentator during the time that you're I mean, having sex. I, it, not that it's related, but I think that I would enjoy if we lived in a world where we had our own theme music. And as we entered rooms, like that. Oh, my God. I would imagine it to be like the first Batman, like, you know, with the pow and the thing and the words come out. I think that would be so hysterical and also a great throwback. But the positives, that has to be negative. So on the, the whole pow, bam, zooms, you have to yeah. have 
dun, 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 like like wah, wah. like those sound effects have to come through like like the guy comes too fast and it's like yeah it's like the, the girl doesn't orgasm so she just like rolls over it and it's like bam, 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 bam. i know exactly exactly oh my god it's so crazy or like when people don't cuddle after it's like Yep. Well, the guy like gets that text and his real wife is like yo get back what do you where are you and he's like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh my god runs out of the room because the husband comes home and it's like <laughs> if our worlds were if if only our worlds were illustrated through cartoon sounds i think we'd be a lot happier we would we would yeah so sex so yes. it's good we should talk about episode three Yes. To, to the listeners, sorry, we were on a tangent, but this is episode three. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about everything that goes in with that. We're excited. This is our very first video. Um, yes. So, yes. So, so, Danny, I was actually, you know, reminiscing and looking through, like, old photos as I was pulling up some old childhood photos. And I came across an old prom photo of mine. And I said to myself, oh my God, this reminds me of my first time because the guy that I went to prom with was also the person that took my virginity. And we definitely, you know, I definitely waited a while. I was like 18 years old. So I was allowed to vote as well as have sexual intercourse, you know, which is great. Isn't it weird though? Because you saw my prom picture. We're kind of had the reverse uh, situation going on here, right? You're going to prom with a white guy. I'm going to prom with a, a black Dominican girl. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We live parallel lives all the time. Craziness. All the time. So I was thinking about it and I said, you know, and for, I guess for girls, I, I doubt it for guys, but like we always imagine our first time to be like something like so special and sacred. And, you know, we imagine ourselves to be like in this white lingerie and like whisked into the bedroom and just, you know, so caring and loving. And, and you know, like the petals are just like everywhere and yeah. is popping and it's like right? th this bird's tweeting in the background. <laughs> It's just so euphoric in the way that, you know, a woman thinks they're going to lose their virginity. And of course, mine was the total opposite. <laughs> I mean, ditto, ditto. Ditto. Yeah. You know, it was just like, it was, a. I remember it was the day before prom. And you know, this gets real when I'm like punching. It was the day before prom. It was a rainy day. And I just remember kind of saying, oh, let's just kind of get this over with, you know? And I liked the guy a lot. You know, we were dating for a couple months. I felt like I trusted him. And it was just so like mechanical and just didn't have any feeling in it. No and intimacy. I no intimacy. And I really felt at one point, I was like, does he not know that I was like a virgin? Because he almost treated me as if like I was like a trained professional. And I was like, hey, this actually doesn't feel great. And you're taking my virginity. And can you please treat with kick gloves? So I didn't have that experience. My first experience wasn't good. But, you know, I felt like it was like ripping off a Band-Aid. Like I had to do it yeah. in order to have better experiences. We, we put up so much like um, expectations, right? Of, yeah. Of what we are hoping it might be the first time or, or, or we're thinking. And, and you're right. You're 100% right in a sense where guys and girls definitely approach it differently. How'd you approach it, brother? For me, it was very um, like a checklist item. 
you know, mm. um, in a sense where in high school, I dated a, a lot. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't a player, but I had a lot of different people I dated here and there and multiple people at the same time. And, and they wow. all, they all knew I was dating other people. Like it was never like a monogamous. If I ever had a girlfriend, it was like psh, done. Um, so but, let me get this straight, Danny. You weren't a player, but you crushed a lot. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? That was a good one. Yes. Uh, I ain't yes. a player, I just I fucking lie. That was- Shout uh, out to Joe and, and Big Pun. RIP um, solid. You know, although I remember this one girl who I did like a lot, she thought I was a player because like we yeah. went on a date. Uh, we had a great time, great date. Apparently the next day in school, she saw me leaning up against the wall talking to some other girl, completely cut me off. Oh. Like, she didn't return any of my phone calls, nothing. I had no clue until I ran into her like six years later and was like, yo, whatever happened? Like, I don't oh, know. You were that guy that asked her what happened. Yeah. It was like, cause it, it was like the weird, like, I didn't get it. I always do that. Okay. stuff. And she was like, well, you know, and then she told me the story and I was like, yo, I wasn't seeing anybody at the time. It was probably just a friend. Like, but you know, like six years later, who cares? It doesn't matter. We're both out of high school at that point where, you know, it doesn't even matter. My 10th grade girlfriend though, um, same thing happened where, she cut me off randomly. This was like my girlfriend. Like, this was my girl. Cut me off. Never heard from her. Like, I was like, what the hell? No clue. Actually, it might have been 11th grade. Over a decade later, like, I'm maybe even 15, 20 years later, yeah. right? This was recently with like, in modern era. I run into her. We hang out. We never hooked up. We never slept together. I end up living in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn. Like, literally, she lived like six blocks from me. So we hang out and then of course- So serendipitous, by the way. Like you just- <laughs> It was, I mean, literally like crazy. And this was like in high school, if I was to really look back at it, like I might've been, I, I probably was in love with this girl in high school. Aww. You know, like Valentine's day, you're writing cards, all that stuff. So when she cut it off, like when I didn't hear from her again, I was like, like, I was not, I'm not gonna say I was heartbroken, but I was just like, I didn't get it. Like I was like, all right, whatever, on to the next one. Um, mm. Again, 15 years later, she's living in my neighborhood. We hang out, we walk over, we, we meet up, we, ha we hook up, right? Oh. Yeah. So I s finally sleep with her like 20 years after like the time we uh, like never And for happened. the listeners, this is still, this is still not Danny's first time. Or is it? No. Oh my God. Imagine. <laughs> yes. I lost my virginity when I was in my uh, 30s. Like, yes. How sweet. <laughs> So, but the point was, is that I asked her, hey, just curious what happened. She told me that some friend, like a mutual friend that liked her, ended up telling her that he saw me with some girl on, on like Jamaica Ab, whatever, never happened. And he just did it to throw shade. And I was like, what? And I, I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? Who knows oh. what would have happened through high school if this dude didn't try and just sabotage our relationship. I was like, yo, why would you believe him? She's like, I don't know. I was vulnerable. I, I was, uh. anyway, first time. Um, check yeah. it. Like, well, by the way, this. by the way, we're gonna give a big bomb alert to the guy that played my boy Danny, okay? Because of you, you have basically stifled him away from love. So for us and our listeners, you're getting the bomb alerts. Damn bomb. We are definitely, good point, Jen. We are definitely dropping the bum bomb on this dude. Bum bomb. You bum -bum. played yourself. Anyway, <laughs> I still got love for the girl. She's awesome. She's great. Uh, but who knows? What would have happened? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I love you. 
Now back to our show. First time. Um, yes. So I didn't. I didn't, basically I didn't have sex in high school. Okay. Okay. And you were a toddler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. It was in between high school and college. It was the summer between high school and college. And mm-hmm. I remember I was dating this girl named Diane, um, and she wasn't dirty, Diana, was she? No. I mean, maybe. Oh, this is getting so smoky. I mean, she, she was she was definitely dirty Diana and I was a smooth criminal. Um, <laughs> so, oh, yes, she asked you. me to beat it. And then we found out that Billy <laughs> was not my lover. So Ooh, dropping some heat today. It was good, though. It was kind of a thriller. Um, <laughs> it started off. She was up against the wall. And then. All right. Enough. Ooh. Enough. with the oh. I might oh, have to walk up on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> You are cracking me up. Anyway, college. And the reason was because, like I said, it was a checklist thing because I didn't want to go to college a virgin. Okay. So like this was just some regular girl. I, I was dating her not even like a month or two. I don't even know. It was couldn't have been that long because it was summer. I remember I was 17 because my birthday is July 31st. I was going to I did it before I was 18. I remember doing okay. it. I was like, I have to do this. I can't be 18 and going to college and still be a virgin. So it. To your point, and I know it was a long-winded path for me to get there, but it's like it was totally um like not as I expected. You know, I definitely would have loved for it to have been that girl. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to drop her name, but yeah, I would have loved for it to have been her. Uh, that fifth grade sweetheart, I did, I did really like her. Or I would have not been mad if it was the girl I went to prom with. But that was a weird situation. Like it was literally like we dated, started dating in February before prom, dated for what? four months went to prom and yeah. then, like we literally like day after prom we didn't even talk it was crazy same thing with mine like we didn't even really speak like after prom like it was that week where we just like cut off communication I think we like went out on a date like a year later and we were just kind of like I'm good you're good I'm good yeah it was just yeah womp, womp, womp. the first time I remember like and I don't know how it was for you like you were mentioning it but like the actual first time we are at a, like a house party you know the J. Cole song Wet Dreams yes um, so, by the way he went to St. John's which is my former college yeah we were in the same grade that's crazy Go but figure. it was, it was the, like his song was so perfect I remember when I first heard that song I feel like that was the first song I even put my son on to J. Cole about but it was crazy because like he describes it pretty accurately. He goes, you know, you, you know that feeling when you're fin and bone for the first time, hoping she won't notice it's my first time. Basically, like that was it. Like it was like, I, you know, you try and play it off mm-hmm. like you're like, um, you're a pro, you know. And, and like, but then at the end of the day, you're like him. You're like, you know, you're praying to God. Don't let me bust quick. You know, right. I, you know, I was watching pornos just to, you know, see how to stroke right. You know, uh, practicing like putting condoms on you know, how it go right, you know, so it was definitely like, like that was, it was boom, J. Cole definitely nailed it with that song. Uh, and that's how it was. And then it was to this day, I couldn't even tell you if I had sex with her more than once. I don't mm. even remember, I feel like our relationship ended after the summer. I don't remember yeah. if we continued to, to have sex or it was just that one time. And I also don't know, I would love to know if she felt like I was a virgin. I'm sure she did, you know, there's definitely that feeling. Uh, yeah. or, or even, if, I don't even know if she was like, there was not even a conversation. It was almost like literally it was a superficial dating period in the summer. So, yeah, I mean, like, I kind of feel like women and even men too, like they even probably sense how nervous you are and that nervousness connotes 
how much of a novice you are. <laughs> or I have to say too, like when I have been in loving relationships, I too have gotten nervous. Yeah as having first time sex with my boyfriends because you're just like oh my god there's this great buildup and you guys have built so much like love and admiration and then finally that time comes and I remember also like feeling that sense of nervousness as if it was my first time being in a relationship and having sex for the first time with my my boyfriend or my exes so I don't yeah I, I remember it but it was like cute nervous it was like yeah. oh my god we like each other oh my god we're gonna like do this are but you the okay? feeling doesn't go away to no. a certain extent and what I mean is like I genuinely even as experienced as I am now that first time feeling mm -hmm. with somebody I still love like I feel like I forget who said it is like a quote but they said you can never get the yeah the feeling of the first time you take a woman's underwears off. You know what I'm saying? Because that first feeling, that first time is still always still special, no matter how mm -hmm. quick, whether what type of sex it is, if it's recreational, if it's quick, if it's if it's um a quickie or yeah. if it's relationship sex or, you know, it doesn't matter. I feel like that it, there's something about that very first time still for me. But speaking of, what do you think or how do you, how do you define sex? How do you like, um, for you, what, like what's, sex for Jen like what is sex um yeah so I would definitely say like growing up like my parents didn't have like the sex talk with me it was pretty much I learned what sex was from like friends and like sex ed and so just backtracking I went to a Catholic school so they can't really dig deep into sex education well, as much because you're getting taught sex education by a nun and right. how much can she dig into sex education being someone that's abstinent, not much. Well, also um, from a religious standpoint, sex is taught from a- Only between married couples. Yeah, but yeah. also for a purpose, right? It's it's purposeful. It's for right. married relations or for procreation, so. Correct, correct. So I think when I was a lot younger, I kind of looked at it, I have different words during different phases of my life. So when I first started, I was like, sex to me was like, oh, it's routine right it was like a routine thing it was like all right you like this person he likes you just do it because that's part of your relationship because i didn't really enjoy it but nor did i really know what my body was and i didn't really get to explore what my body was i didn't get to explore what i found pleasurable in my in my young 20s so i kind of felt like it was very routine because i didn't really enjoy it and then but when i got as a old, woman i'm sure that the misogyny of the way we're taught about sex is you you were a vessel for the man to get pleasure exactly and like you know not to take this down like a rabbit hole but you know i experienced you know sexual assault when i was 19 and for me at that age and the guy was older he was in his 30s and although i was never raped um having that sexual assault experience definitely clouded my view of what sex is so it became routine then it became a thing that was to me a source of pain at one point because i identified that as a guy using his power over me and then luckily being in loving relationships after that with men i found it to be more of an intimate sharing and more of like this energy exchange and and trust and believe like i get a great workout i remember one time i definitely wore 
um, a Fitbit while I was really because <laughs> I was curious. I was like, how much calories am I burning with this? <laughs> let's just say I let's just say in comparison to like a hit class, which is high interval training and sex, on par. Yeah, well, I did read something where they say it's the average sex, not even like crazy. Average sex is equivalent to running one mile. Yeah, no, I believe it. I believe it. I freaking believe it. So I think see a lot of skinny mofos coming out of this quarantine. Uh. (laughs) Well, we hope. We only we only could hope. We only could hope. Yeah. Um, So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think like when I became more in fell into loving relationships it definitely changed for me and I thought of it being like a cute um emotional exchange and it was very loving and very tender and it just cemented my relationship with my exes that much more because we were able to be so vulnerable I would say like the most vulnerable moment that I've ever had was a precursor to sex was actually when my ex and I took a bath together and just like stood naked in front of each other. And I was like, wow. And we were just laying in this bath. And that was a sense of intimacy that I never experienced. And I was only like 26 or 27. So I was like, well, that's what sex should be. Um, But yeah, it changes. But you know, again, like it also depends on who you're with. You know, if you guys are just doing it for fun it could be recreational if it's something that you know with the person that you care about it could be something that's loving a a a physical act of the love that you guys share i hate the people trying to find in sense what where it should be and how you should feel with your partner to the to the listeners uh what do you think what does sex look like for you with the person you're with and i don't mean the act of sex i mean the the conversation the emotional attachment to it do you are you like for example are is it recreational for you um is there an energy exchange like jen just mentioned or do you feel like um you still haven't hit this preconceived level of where you need to be at in order for sex to be this romanticized vision of what you think it is so I think that's a question you should ask yourself. I ask myself that often. Um, I think each partner that I'm with, it's always different. And then even with each partner, it's different each time. So, uh, but I'm also like right. an old school romantic. I, I do believe um, in making love. I know it's cliche. I do oh my that God. Um, cue the music, cue, cue the music. Da, 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 no, making love. I... I cannot remember or recall a man that says making love. Not that it's a bad thing. I think it's actually more men should say it. But I yeah. don't know why it's not said anymore. It has connotations of, of, of being um, weak, in a and sense. vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's going to maybe sound weird, but I don't, I don't feel like you have to be in love to make love. And what I mean mm-hmm. like by that is the way I define making love is a true full circle of the experience, meaning that there's the physical act, you feel emotional connection and spiritual connection. But I also feel like there's this aura thing that happens and where two people truly like you feel this energy where it's happened to me probably many times where I can, well, in the act, I don't know if you've ever done this or to anybody who's listening has ever done this. Do you feel comfortable or confident in that moment of of sexual uh, intercourse where you can look at the person dead in the eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done that. I've, and, and that's when I know it's more than just sex, when I can like literally stare at the person. 
and you know just you're staring into our listeners eyes yeah. and, and like you know you're just like you're making out with them while you're yeah. having sex and you're looking at them and it's just like like yeah I'm giving you my all and that's kind of like the way I approach sex and that's kind of that's, there that's, is a sense of like transcendence right I think like when you are in it and you're in that moment and you like you say you lock eyes with that person and your bodies are almost become in sync like almost fluid. It's like, it's just like transcends any rational understanding and you're just in this flow. And I've, I've been there before and yeah. that is probably the closest thing that I would imagine sex to be. But again, there's many different spectrums of what sex could be, but that's what I always like to have as the pinnacle. Like, okay, I like to hit that. Doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you just need to get your rocks off. But- <laughs> How was sex explained to you as a child, though? Like, what? what, what it wasn't really your... explained. Yeah, it wasn't really explained. It was well, it was very. Don't like, do it. Elementary. You said don't do it, right? That's what you right. said in the last, the other episode. The... Right. My dad was like, "Hey, you know this sex thing? Don't do it." You know, we we said no, 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 no. So, and my, you know, it was very much like, yeah, a man and a woman get together. They have this physical act. Um, they should do it with protection. My my parents definitely stress the protection um portion of it like make sure the guy is clean make sure the guy is wearing a condom make sure that you know it's consensual make sure that uh, that's you know that's a huge word and even back in the day in the you know 90s and early 2000s the word consensual was said in my household now if we're thinking about it in the me too era like consensual is like the main common thread just talking about anything that relates to how a, a man should be treating a woman and it being consensual and being on an equal basis. Um, that was one yeah. of the questions that we asked to the uh, to the audience was um, we did about a consent and having the conversation uh, with your when should the sex talk happen and and then when should you have the conversation about consent? Um, I did have, for example, one of the responses that that was brilliant. It's almost like what you're saying about consent from uh, Sister Rez. She said um, that consent should begin at a young age, even not even sex related, but if grandma wants to hug, the kid should be taught about consent and, and being able to make the choices for their own bodies and stuff. I think that, mm -hmm. that was brilliant. Thank you, uh, Sister Rez, for your feedback. Um, yeah. I think that it's a great point. I had zero of that, like not even like one tenth of 1% of a conversation about sex with my parent, either parent. Um, yeah. So how did your parents explain it to you or did they did. even have the talk? We did it. Zero. Okay zero times zero times zero um it's it's something that i you know figured out figured, figured out. out on the job <laughs> yeah on the job training uh <laughs> i didn't have an apprenticeship or anything like that it was like figure it out as you go um, yeah 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 so i definitely because i'm i'm a dad um i definitely knew that i i would not do that to my son but also yeah. I, I would enjoy having all types of conversations with him so I did have the conversation early with him. He must've been like 10 years old and we were sitting in a Wendy's and I was just like, here's a piece of corn and here's a sesame seed. And I explained the whole fertilization thing. And then you can see he was getting a little red faced and I was, uh, I didn't care. We had the conversation. I was very transparent about Good. what it is. I, and I had the conversation like with, to your point about the religion uh, learning from that aspect, I made sure in the conversation that my conversation about sex, that it wasn't, um, taught or spoken or, 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 or 
the lesson wasn't about it's for married people. It's to do, I didn't do that. I was like, it's okay. people do it for procreation. People do it to have kids. And I, that's when I explained the whole corn in this. And the, but then I also explained people do it because it feels good. I said, but the main point is like, you want to make sure that every time you do it, or, or it means something, it's not a throwaway. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mean, and that's how sex, I live sex should never be a throwaway. Cause I, rem I recall like even, and again, I've, I definitely have had many different experiences just exploring my own sexuality in the sense of, you know, getting to learn my body and having uh, boyfriends as partners and their, their ways of having sex are different from the others. And I do recall just remembering like when I used to have sex with someone that I wasn't in a relationship with, but we were very much like, you know, just buddies, you know, buddies you know, with a wink. Um, oh, like friends after, benefits? Yes. Oh. Yes. F, FWBs, FWBs, not to be confused with SWB. So I remember like, you know, I had a buddy and he was a long-term buddy. You know, we were, we were, we were buddies for a while. My and he was my, my buddy. buddy, my buddy. Wherever I go, he goes, my buddy, my buddy. Yes. But I remember, and it wasn't anything as a discount to him, but I just, because my understanding and what sex should be had, had changed when the last time that we were together and we did it, we did it, I just felt like depleted, like energetically depleted. Not to say that he did anything wrong. It's just because we weren't in that type of relationship where it was like uh -huh. loving or we form that sense of intimacy and i feel like if we had it would be totally different totally different and that's no discount to him but you know i just kind of felt like it was just kind of like a like a kanye shrug you know it's just like hmm. yeah hmm. I, I know exactly what you mean you felt you felt like all right cool yeah i'm out yeah it wasn't there and that's right. when you kind of like that's a bad time because let's say you were actually in a relationship with somebody and that happens. It's really hard to recover from that. So really hard, really, really hard. And then, but also to that point too, I, I, I got home and I was like, why did I feel depleted? Is it because I didn't have like feelings towards this person? And I was like, no. And I was like, well, maybe I need to really dig deep into what I define as pleasurable as a female. Right. Because I feel like, you know, for men, they're like, you know, you guys are, you have this external unit, you know, how I, that's how I name the penis, the external unit, the plug. Um, <laughs> and with women, we have like this, internal sorry to say, unit. yes, internal unit. I will love to call it the universe that gives creation, you know, a funnel for a tunnel for creation to come out. But that's just me. Um, you guys get a plug. We get like, you know, a telescope, if you will. I don't know. Anyways, there's so many ways that I, a flower of whatever. So kaleidoscope. many ways. A kaleidoscope. <gasps> oh, that's my 2020 term for it. Yes. Kaleidoscope. Like, look at oh, all the colors. Just, it should be because there's so much that goes on. There's so much like hashtag kaleidoscope 2020. Hashtag kaleidoscope. Yes. Kaleidoscope movement. Kaleidoscope movement. Maybe that should be like sex education for women and we call it the kaleidoscope movement. I it's love it. Some new shit. We better I trademark this. Hold on. Trademark it now. Do it now before this airs. Do it now before it airs. I put okay. that in my bra strap. 
thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, no, to that point, I was like, maybe I didn't do the homework on my end to make sure that it was pleasurable for me. You know, maybe I was just paying attention so much to it being pleasurable for him that I was like, hold up, time it back, reel it back here. Like, how am I making this a, ple a pleasurable experience for me too? You know, am I saying, oh, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. Oh, I would prefer it like this. I don't prefer it like that. Like I didn't give any feedback in that sense. I was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's, cool. the, that's the challenge, right? Is like, as you're, that's why people say as you get older, the sex gets better, right? And yes. It, and it's because you learn, it's not just about, you learn about your own body. It's not because you, you, you approach it differently, but it's because you learn to finally, or hopefully, you learn to finally communicate, being honest with yourself as well as your partner. You learn to say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Go here, don't go here, you know, flick it this way. Uh, um, it? No. <laughs> don't flick it at all, I don't know. <laughs> would you say that, that, that foreplay is a necessity? For me now, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a necessity, but, because, let's see, foreplay for me, is an interesting thing. It's a great warm up, right? So I, I'm an avid gym goer, right? I'm an mm -hmm. avid gym goer. If I'm going to the gym, I'm not just gonna hop on the treadmill and run 10 miles. I gotta warm it up, right? I gotta warm up my, gotta warm up my quads, gotta do some stretches, you know what I mean? Because my performance as a runner or someone that is going to lift weights is going, that experience is gonna be so much better if I do the proper warm up prior to that. So I say right. that to say that that's the metaphor for me. It's like, yeah, foreplay is not ne not necessary for everyone because some people are like, let's just get right to it. I don't have time. You know, parents that have like little ones running around, maybe they don't have time for foreplay. And I understand that kind of have to get it in, get it out. But I think for me, it's like to for it for it to be pleasurable for me, I think it is a requirement for me. But again, Sex is a large spectrum, right? Some people, some people may not like foreplay. Some people are like, let's just get to it, you know. So it's yeah. different. It's different. It's different. Is it a necessity for everyone? No. Is it? Is it like a prerequisite for me? Yeah, I would say so. What about you? What about you? The answer to the question is quote um, Lil Wayne. Oh, all on, right. And, and uh, on motivation with Kelly Rowland, mm. and he goes, uh, "Girl, I." Turn that thing into a rainforest. Rain on my head. Call that brainstorming. Yeah, this is deep. Oh, I go deeper. Make you lose yourself and find its keepers. It go green light. Go easy go. I like to taste that sugar. That's sweet, that's sweet and, low. and low. I get it. Ah. So I think that answers your question. I'm going to go with then the answer is yes. Cool. I think it's an, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm yes, gonna say, yep, little, little I'm going to say it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Yes. Also, question for you. Have you ever used... Yes. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm... Yes. Have you ever used a sex toy to kind... Have you ever incorporated a sex toy into foreplay or into the act of sex um i'm gonna say yes but um one of my ex 
she was like that person who would love to go to like Adam and Eve or would love to go to like Babeland and be like, hey, Papa, look what I brought. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> she presents uh, like have... this. Look what I bought. Look what I just yeah, she was like. <laughs> I imagine I have like a trench coat back in like the 80s where they opened the thing up and they had like, I got, I got this, I got this, I got that, I got this. <laughs> she could be like, like Nelly, you could have whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God, man. I love that. As you, as you, you may see. You know um, what I thought about it? In the air of quarantine, that would totally work. Instead of a guy with a trench coat having like gold jewelry, it could be a guy with sex toys and just walk around the neighborhood because god knows he would make money and he'd probably be arrested <laughs> probably um, so so i have a handful of times it, it isn't something that makes me like be like oh i have to do this again yeah uh, or, or it's important um yeah i mean i've definitely done it and i've done like the cock rings and i've done you know like uh different toys vibration or or like, like ropes and stuff like that. Oh. So yeah. What are you, Christian Gray over here? What's happening? Like, okay, I got it. By the way, that's been on that's been on rotation for the last month and a half, and I always am like fascinated because I read the books. The Christian Gray is what? That's the um... Fifty Shades of Gray. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And I read the books because everyone's like, the words are so beautiful. I'm like, girl, you are talking about you know, S&M right here, like, yeah. and like, but the whole thing, like they romanticize the S&M because the woman that um, Christian Grey fell in love with, it helped to like change his ways. And then he became a good guy, but he had yeah. cycles of abuse, all that stuff. But I remember majority of the women that went to go see that movie, the day that it came out, I'm going to go with 99.9% .9 women. Yeah, I don't know any guys. Honestly, I don't know any guys who, who went to that, even with their girlfriends. Like, they didn't go. It was like a women went with their girlfriends. It probably was, like, shameful. It was like, oh, great, I'm going to an S&M romantic rom-com with my girlfriend. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Not happening. I don't think it was a shame thing. I think, like, I remember I was dating somebody at the time, and they asked me to go to see the movie, and I was like, I don't want to... For guys, we're very visual, right? In yeah. a sense where uh, we're going to get turned on in a the movie theater, and we're sitting in a movie theater. Right. Like, and then uh, and then you're Pee Wee Herman all over again. Exactly. No, if I if she was like, you know, let's watch that at home on Netflix, I'm like, all right, cool. Because yeah. the movie will be like 30 minutes in and we're gonna be like, all right, movie off. Yeah, you're gonna be like, like so what are you thinking about? Yeah. Yeah. You don't wanna you don't wanna walk out of that movie with your girlfriend and then the same reason we don't like to go to the, some rom rom coms with uh with with our girls like yeah we do it but the, the ones that are i'm talking about the rom-cons that have like some trifling shit in it oh. so like like it's like the, the other woman or some like we don't want to go to those because you don't want to walk out of the theaters and the girl be like who's becky with the good hair right like we didn't know like we weren't listening to beyonce with our booze at the same time we was like you mean you could listen to that i'm gonna listen to 444 right but i would definitely say like looking deeper into 50 shades of gray i didn't even know the universe of all of these sex toys that existed and i was like have i been living under a rock because i was like that they have this they have that this does this why do you need that what does this do i was like my mind was like blown and i was like wow there's a whole universe and an industry that is thriving like no other this is great um, 
that you're you're even talking about this because not only is this our first episode that we're doing video to put on YouTube, but this is also our first episode where we have a guest. Shout this out to phenomenal. our guests. Yes, guys, we're stepping up in the world. Episode three, bringing y'all guests. What? Never thought it. Mine is blown. I know. For our listeners, we wanted to bring you guys some dope content, and we're super excited because we have Vanessa Cuccia, who is the co-founder of Shock Rubs, which is a sex toy company that specializes in making crystal sex toys. So it's all about bridging healing and sexual shock world energy and blending them into these beautiful sex toys that for both men and for women. So we're so excited to take you guys to that wonderful segment where we interview the lovely Vanessa. So for all of you unprovoked tangents listeners out there, uh, stay tuned uh, for the next segment. We're excited. Uh, here we go and enjoy. Hey guys, I recently read an article that we are in the midst of what they call a pleasure revolution, which I'm super excited about. And now there are certain founders in the pornography and sex toy industry and sex education platforms that are having a huge surge, especially in the era of COVID-19. And there was a recent report that came out that the global sex toy market alone is expected to be worth $35 billion by 2023, which is up from $23.7 billion just three years ago. So in the era of COVID-19, where people are home and also kind of exploring uh, certain things, either out of boredom or just having the time to explore your pleasure, I wanted to introduce you guys to our first guest for our show. She is the founder of Shock Rubs, Vanessa Cuccia. And what's wonderful about her company is that she produces sex toys made from natural crystals. And these handcrafted tools are created with the intention of opening oneself to the healing properties of crystals. Shock Rubs have been featured on Glamour.com, OprahMagazine.com, and the company also has a wonderful platform called Freak Magazine, which is a medium that covers art, music, culture, through the lens of spirituality. So without further ado, we are so excited to have Vanessa Cuccia on through Zoom. Thank you so much for joining our Unprovoked Tangents podcast on the topic of sex and dating. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Amazing. This is going to be exciting. Uh, Vanessa, so glad that you're on. I'm Danny. I'm one of the hosts for Unprovoked Tangents. I uh, use pronouns he, him. I'd like to definitely welcome you to part of our small families as it's growing right now. Um, and I would love to know more about you um, from what the internet doesn't tell us. I mean, can you tell us, tell our listeners, tell anybody who might come across this who you are, what's your story? how you became Vanessa Cuccia? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, I, um, where do I start? I grew up in Long Island, New York, and uh, my father is a chiropractor and inventor. Um, he created a non-surgical device to straighten the spine. 
Um, so I bring that up because I grew up surrounded by anatomical photos in his in his office all about straightening yes you know I he I would come home I was just talking about this with my friend I would come home and he would be standing on his head you know doing yoga in in our living room he uh, used to have seizures as a child and says that he healed that through yoga and that practice my mother um was a piano teacher. She was classically trained pianist, and she had a um, a paranormal experience when I was very young that led our household to be a place where we had to talk about spirituality and things mm. that we couldn't necessarily see. We had to talk about because of these strange occurrences that were happening. My mother became clairvoyant. She was very open to a lot of things. Started doing meditation music. Mm all in the realm of um, sound healing and, and everything. So that was my upbringing. So I was, you know, around these, these ideas that, um, you know, I was, I was raised by healers. Mm. They were, you know, that was, that was the thing and creative healers at that. My father was, you know, being an inventor, my mother being a musician, it was all about creating something for the world to, to heal. So, um, so when I was in my early 20s, I had made the realization that I was in a relationship for six years uh, since I'm 17 um, that was not healthy, that was not healing, that was not nurturing. Um, and it was quite the opposite. But I had been kind of asleep in this relationship just you know, I don't, I don't know why, but it was, it was like I was asleep. I think I had gone through some, some trauma early on in the relationship that caused me to kind of become numb in my body, in my emotions and everything. And I was just kind of drifting along. And it was just a realization when I was in my, in my early twenties where I was like, holy shit, I'm a quarter way done with my life, you know, or maybe more. And I'm not enjoying sex. I had become so numb and I was just, I was just okay with the fact that I, I was subconsciously learning that, that sex and pleasure was for my boyfriend and, and it was not something that I was meant to enjoy. But I think that like that little thought of death had me come to this, this standpoint that I was like, wait, I want to experience pleasure. Life sucks enough. I need to find these, these things that make it rich. And I knew that sex was a part of that and pleasure. There was a disconnect for me because I didn't, I knew I, I came to this understanding that I didn't just need that orgasm. I didn't just need that, like that feeling I needed to connect with myself because in this relationship, I had been disconnected to the point where my body was literally numb where I was allowing myself to be in this relationship that was not good. So how, how did you take that journey of knowledge, whether they were emotional um, experiences or, or exciting experiences, the learning experience or, or traumatic experience, how did that create, I guess, the path for you to, to start chakras? Well, it was at this time that I was um, – with my spiritual teacher friend who I mentioned, and we went to this woman's house who had a large collection of crystals and she just, she brought one out and it was a polished um, 
it was like a generator stone. So it was like a, you know, a wand and I, something clicked and I heard the name chakras pop into my head. Mm. And I said out loud with this, like this spiritual, like group of people that were all meeting to talk about the world and the Mayan prophecies. This is 2011. You know, this was like around this time that we were all afraid that the world was going to end. And uh, so they were like having this very important meeting and I just heard the name chakras come into my head. And I said out loud, just that crystals would be a great sex toy. And they all kind of looked at me like, what did this girl just say? And, um, but I, but the crystals were telling me that they were ready to be recognized for their ability to heal sexual trauma, mm -hmm. to awaken this, this thing that they, that they were like ready. They like wanted to help. And I heard that. And it was from that point that I could not let this go because I knew that that was my destiny. I never, it's not my company. It's not my business. Chakrabs was an entity on its own that I feel like I was just able to, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you be a thing realized in this material world. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful in what you said, Vanessa, because I am too, I am a owner of many crystals and I understand like all these crystals have different healing properties um, in order to heal yourself from an emotional, mental, and even a physical standpoint. And, you know, I think there is this great correlation, especially thinking about the chakras are in our bodies. You know, we have this great sexual chakra that, you know, even women and sometimes men don't really pay attention to a lot. So the fact that you blended both of those worlds together, and as you said, kind of facilitated this company, I think it's just so, so wonderful because there is a direct correlation between a spiritual journey and a sexual journey. And how do we then bridge everything together into one? Absolutely. There is, you know, our different chakras, for those who don't know, there are points of energy in our bodies that correlate to different psychological, emotional, physical um, aspects of who we are. But I believe and wrote about it in my book, um, Crystal Healing and Sacred Pleasure, that every chakra has to do with sexuality in, in some degree, because we are sexual beings as a whole. That's, that's what we are. That's the nature of who we are. We're created from that. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, to me, sexuality isn't separate from spirituality. It's, it's one and the same. And that's because we as spiritual beings, I believe, come to earth, come as a body, flesh and blood to experience the senses. So sensuality is sexuality. And, and that to me, when you're embracing the senses, you're embracing being human, that's embracing your spirituality because you're recognizing that you're, you're a spirit experiencing human facilities if that makes sense. <laughs> I, it's so funny because combined with, with what Jen said about the crystals and what you just said, I mean, I love that. I know I'm a man and, you know, we don't tend to outwardly um, show that we're spiritual or we believe that sex is part of that. But I have a unique yeah. taste on sex in a sense where exactly what you said, Vanessa, is where it's almost like the rainbow philosophy for me. So the rainbow is, is all the colors combined into one and, and that's what I feel like sex is. It, it literally is the only thing 
that I think we experience as humans that combine all of our five senses into one and one action. And what's really cool to me, and which is why when Jen first told me about you and about this interview and and got me excited, um, what excited me about it is that when it comes to sex toys, I think people tend to just buy toys as a toy or as a, an object to right. uh, achieve a certain expectation of mm-hmm. orgasm. And then they're done with it. It goes back in the drawer. I think what's interesting about your company and you tell me if this is what you, you were saying is that I feel like if you approach it and if you're taking something that is a healing stone or healing crystal, you're no longer just using it as a vice to get to a certain, I guess, end goal. You're, it's now right. actually part of your whole journey, uh, bringing an extra energy into that. Uh, so I don't think you would approach even just the masturbation the same way as you would with a general toy. Exactly. That's the whole point. And, and that's um, really well said. I think that because they're made out of stone, out of something that we recognize as having the ability to facilitate our ability to heal whatever trauma we, we might have endured from heartache or sexual abuse or anything like that, we do approach it differently. It, and it isn't about this end goal. It is a instant gratification that happens because you are using it for pleasurable massage, but it's a lasting transformation because you're doing what you said, approaching it in a very different way. So you're approaching it in this, in this light that is, I want to recognize that which is holding me back from being open to love, you know, that the rose quartz chakra, um, I call the heart. It's all about the heart opening up to, to love that is ever present all around us. But when we have heartache and heartbreak and breakups and everything, we start building up this wall and we start to say, I have to protect this. I have to not be vulnerable because I've been hurt in the past and I don't want to do that. So when you're working with a, a heart chakra that is made from rose quartz you're experiencing pleasure and that energy of understanding that I want to be open to love I want to bring down these walls so I can experience divinity that that is being in love and that could be with myself or another person however we still live in a society where there are definite hurdles there are definite preconceived notions to you know where we're about sex about self-care about all of that uh, what how do you think we can use some of this approach of energy because or from a spiritual journey to help overcome some of these hurdles that are still out there when it comes to love sex healing and self-care um my whole mission i guess with this work and um with the book that I mentioned earlier that I wrote was to just encourage people to take some time to look at themselves, to spend with themselves, trying to understand where your blocks are. Because once you do that, you're able to be more compassionate towards people around you and be more trusting. I think a lot of us, you know, have this attitude of, I don't trust anyone. I could all, you know, I got me and that, and that's all I need. And this is this like this misunderstanding of the self-love culture that that is really popular right now, um, at least on in my little bubble of social media and stuff. I see people preaching self-love so much, but it's not about like, oh, I look so cute today, and like, uh, you know, it's not it's not that. It's um, it's dealing with 
oh my God, I am stubborn as all hell. And I, uh, I really prevented myself from experiencing uh, a great time with this person just because I was too stubborn to let them, to let them in. Mm -hmm. That's what self-love is. It's, it's self-awareness. And to that yeah. point, Vanessa, too, I think with your line and, and all of that, it's just like it, it really circumvents around the self-awareness, like who you are. Um, Danny and I did an episode about identity and how do you look at yourself and how do you sort of characterize yourself in this world of today and what it means to be authentic. And sometimes being authentic also means that maybe it's not the most popular thing to be, but it's true to who you are. And I think also, um, you know, speaking from a woman's perspective, um, you know, I've always kind of been like shamed to talk about sex. <laughs> and it's changing slowly now, which I'm so happy about. It's like in years ago, we weren't really talking about sex. We weren't talking about pleasure. We weren't talking about the, the female body parts and how much we need this to heal ourselves. But I think even for women, we don't, um, or at least didn't have those platforms to talk about sex education and, and how important it is to embrace that from a female culture. Um, so I think it's just, you know, you being on the forefront of that and talking about it openly really kind of helps to open up the dialogue a little bit more, especially from the women's perspective. Absolutely. These conversations and making it okay to talk about sex and everything that involves that is, is always a positive thing. So good question for you, because I know that you have many fans and I'm sure many repeat uh, customers that buy just all your wonderful lines from your Yanni eggs to, to everything in between. So what is sort of the best approach, tips or advice um, you can give to a man, woman or couple, anything they should know before buying a toy, maybe together, maybe separately, what, what advice would you give them? There's, um, there's different approaches. I think um, the first thing to approach is what do you desire on a physical level? Mm -hmm. once, you, once you figure out what you want on that physical level, then you go into the actual crystal type and what, what metaphysical benefits it offers. So you can do this in a multi multitude of ways. You can... Um, just kind of sense the energy of the stone by looking at it and seeing what you're most attracted to. Or you can read the descriptions and say, okay, rose quartz is really good for um, self-esteem and having a nurturing, comforting, healing energy. While as obsidian is good for, it's a, um, a stone that will uncover certain repressed desires that I might want to explore. Um, or amethyst is a good stone for anxiety. So if you have anxiety when it comes to um, having sex, that might be something good, you know? So, um, so looking at what you want physically first, then deciphering what stone is going to be most valuable to you in terms of what you're looking for on that metaphysical level. So the go-to toy that should, or go-to shock rub that should be in uh, every woman's purse next to her hot sauce? <laughs> um, I think that uh, if you're going to carry something around with you, it should be um, the Ani egg, which is a um, an egg-shaped crystal, and it uh, is good for strengthening the pelvic floor and connecting with yourself wherever you are. 
because it can just stay in you while you're doing the dishes or shopping or anything. So definitely check those out. <laughs> uh, if you have any further questions, uh, listeners, uh, hit us up on social and we'll connect and link you to uh, Vanessa Cuchilla, her amazing uh, site. Yes. And Vanessa, please tell our listeners where they can find you. I'm sure that they're waiting on bated breath for your new line. So <laughs> tell the listeners where we can find you. So um, Instagram, we're at Chakrubs. Twitter, we're at Chakrubs. Um, it's Chakrubs.com. You can also follow me personally, um, Vanessa underscore Cuchia. And then you can also follow our publication that you mentioned earlier, Freak Magazine. Amazing. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time on behalf of Danny, myself. We cannot tell you, you're actually our first guest. And I know this is not going to be the last time we will be speaking on our wonderful Unprovoked Tangents platform. So we thank you for your time and your energy and just the knowledge that you have brought to us as well as our listeners. It is totally invaluable and an important conversation to have. So we are just in full gratitude to you and your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And now is a segment that uh, we like to call the death sentence where we will kill a word or a phrase um, to be banished from usage from this day forward. Um, and today's word is brought to you by Jen. Me! Oh my God, guys. So just because in the spirit of talking about sex and also our little brainchild that Danny and I had today in renaming the female genitalia as the kaleidoscope and understanding that it is so vast and so beautiful and encompasses so much that why would we ever put that organ into a box? So today, this week, we're going to kill the word box to describe a female vagina. It should never be put into a box, nor should it even relate to anything that should be put in a box. A woman's organ is beautiful, it is vast, and guess what? It is the tunnel in which life proceeds out of. So ladies and gentlemen, we are killing the word box. It is dead. It sleeps with the fishes. We don't want to hear from it anymore. Okay. It is gone. It sleeps in the East River. The word box finito. Done. So it's dead. Don't use it. It's so, no. it's so tasteless it, to call something a box. I mean, it's, and when we all think of a box, something that's boring, bland, it's definitely not bland. So as right. Jen mentioned, bye-bye. Adios. Bye. And Bye. hello, Kaleidoscope. And now, stay tuned as Jen will take you through the ground down. Hey, guys. Welcome back to our third installation of our ground down moment. We talked a lot about sex and lust and love and everything in between. So for this ground down guided meditation, we're gonna really focus on the sacral chakra, which is our second chakra that lays slightly below our belly. And the chakra is really focusing on where a lot of our sexual energy is stored. It's where our creativity comes from. 
And it's also associated with the flow and the flexibility as well as our emotions. So we're gonna sit up nice and tall. Close the eyes. Maybe you lengthen through the crown of the head. Take a couple deep inhales, deep exhales. And as your eyes are closed, maybe you just place both hands on your belly. Really feeling that sacral chakra. Breathing into that space that holds all of our creativity, all of our sexual energy, our sensuality, and our emotions. And as you're breathing into this space, maybe you begin to think about what your passions are in life. What drives you? What motivates you? How you express yourself and how you exude your creativity. Just thinking about those questions as you focus on the inhalation and exhalation of the breath. Focusing all on that prana energy that runs through all the channels, not just from your belly, but throughout your entire body. And as you're taking deep inhales and deep exhales, maybe you start to just think about these affirmations saying to yourself that you are a sensual being that's full of creative potential. Saying to yourself that you embrace life with passion, with vigor, and with excitement. Saying to yourself that you embrace your sexuality, you embrace your joy, you embrace your happiness. Maybe you start to think about you allowing yourself to be sensual and using that energy to ensure that it flows in alignment with who you are and your personality. Saying to yourself that you honor the power that is within me. and believing that your body is an instrument for creation, for creativity, and the fullest expression of your higher self. Take a couple more deep inhales, deep exhales. Breathing in. Taking that moment, believing in your infinite power, the power to bring your passions into fruition, the power to create, to be, to embody all that lives within you. And as you take your couple more deep breaths in this meditation. Just think about a light that's in front of you. 
and think about how you can glow it up even more just by putting in the work and showing and expressing yourself in your truest form. Begin to deepen the breath into the body. Maybe you release the hands down on top of the lap. Maybe you wiggle the fingers and the toes. And when you're ready, open your eyes. I thank you guys so much for grounding down with me on our third episode. Yeah, episode. And I wish you guys the best week ever. And we look forward to bringing you a new episode next week, along with a new ground down. Thank you so much.